Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Joining the phone, I have Vance. Hi, Vance. Good evening. Good evening to you. We have Todd Young. Hi, Todd. Hi, shoot him in the leg. Okay. And we have Brian Boyer. Hi, Brian. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. All right. Sit tight, Brian. We're going to get through our little ad here, and then uh, we're going to talk about you. So this podcast is brought to you by Fat AZ Musky Products. FatAZMusky.com is the website. You can also find us on social media uh, through Instagram and Facebook, Fat AZ Musky Products. <clears throat> uh, kind of an update where we're at. Um, getting very close to opening up the website. I mean, the website is open, but to take things, put things in inventory, I should say. Uh, I'm kind of in the middle of redoing the website, so if anyone hops on the store and look and it looks different, uh, that's because it is. It's very much different. Uh, I'm doing it myself, which I'm not an IT guy or anyone that's very good at this, but I'm stumbling my way through. And um, be patient. Uh, I'm shooting for hopefully early to mid next week. Uh, watch our social media for when, when we get everything in stock and ready to go, we're going to make the announcement. So keep that in mind. Um, you can also find baits that are in stock now through musky tackle online and team rhino outdoors. So definitely pay attention to those two. If you need baits right now, as ice is quickly melting around our area, um, with that, Muddy Creek, hit your plug. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishandguides.com. Get a hold of us. Vance and I will be fishing in Pennsylvania here a little bit, April and May. Uh, we still got some dates open, not many, but uh, and then we'll start up Chautauqua last Saturday, May through November. We'll be up there all season long fishing just about every day. So get a hold of us if you know when you're coming up, and uh, we'll try to get you on the books and get you out there and get you on some fish. And if you do come up, you'll be fishing out of Ranger Boats. Big shout out to Ranger Boats. Uh, find all your Ranger Boat needs at Vic Sports Center in Kent, Ohio. Um, service, uh, things of that nature, ordering Rangers. Um, and uh, like I said, that right now the demand is out doing the supply, such as life during uh, with what, what we're uh, living in now. Um, but boats are fun, so you should buy them. Check them out. They got Rangers, Starcraft, Star Welds, Tritons, and uh, used boat inventory right now that's uh, probably dwindles because you can get a used boat quicker than you can get a new boat right now. Um, but check them out. Shout out to them. Uh, St. Croix Rods, best rods on earth. Uh, Todd just put in a little order for us here. We're uh, getting another round of them. Uh, looking forward to using those. Um, and that is it for me. Very nice. Okay, a uh, quick announcement here. Muskies, Inc. Region 3, Chapter Challenge, May 15th and 16th, 2021, Raystown Lake. Uh, to pre-register or for more information, please contact, this is an email address, Matt Dixon, M-A-T-T-D-I-X-O-N, at L-E-Z-Z-E-R dot com. This is open to Region 3 Muskies, Inc. members and their out-of-region member guests only. You need to be a member to fish this tournament. Um, there's a lot, you know, any questions, get a hold of Matt. All right. Brian. 
Yes. Give us uh, give us the the short story on your baits and stuff. Talk talk real quick. Okay. Uh, my name's uh, Brian Boyer. I'm the owner of Legend Lures. Um, I guess you, you can find me on. Uh, I have a Legend Lures Facebook page on Facebook. Uh, you can find me there. Uh, also, uh, some of the uh, some of my larger stores that. Uh, do carry them uh they might be out at times uh raleigh and helens team rhino outdoors mark slide baked tackle jb fishing depot and joe flows musky tackle that's a lot of places <laughs> not 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 enough but i guess well, well it is really, <laughs> uh, really, really it is it keeps me uh pretty busy that's for sure and busy's good yes all right um before we before we get into the to the history of brian Bohr, i, I think we should talk real quick brian did you hear what happened to woodcock creek lake no i didn't oh geez okay well um i guess i'm i'm gonna give a this is only gonna affect a small region of our listening audience but there was a army corps lake um, primary uses flood control here, Northwest Pennsylvania, like my backyard. And I got a, a, a couple screenshots texted to me on Monday and things weren't looking good for the lake. I ended up giving uh, Jared a call. Uh, he didn't answer immediately. I figured his phone was probably very busy. Jared Sayers, if anyone needs to know uh, the last name. And he ended up calling me back, I don't know, 20 minutes later. Long story short, I'm going to be very old school news anchor here. There was something bad that happened and they drained the entire lake. <laughs> so <laughs> all the fish are down the stream or oh. they're gone. It's the, the lake was dry, like not bone dry, but there was no water in it for any kind of fish of a lake that size. <laughs> and oh. it's... It's that's just it's very very odd to me because so Andy I mean I did send you a text after we texted back and forth a little bit there I went up there used to go up there ice fishing I mean you're talking 25 years ago 20 25 years ago and there were times that they had it drawn down to where all there was so I call it the flats up near where the causeway is Andy yep there's a big flat area and it was drawn down to where we were walking around on those flats. Uh, on the ground, like yep. finding lures and things. And all it was was the river coming down. You still had a basin of water down by the dam because obviously, you know, it's 30 some feet deep down there. And, but it was very small. And you would have thought that, oh my gosh, we're just going to catch muskies like crazy because they've taken a, what, 300 acre, 400 acre lake. Uh, I, I don't I, remember the size. I, I think like, like the numbers are summer pools around 330 acres. I think mm-hmm. maximum pools somewhere around 500, like yeah. when they're really trying to hold the water back. And yeah. then they draw it down, and I'm not using exact numbers, somewhere around 100 acres of of surface area for the, for the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've been up there when it was like that, and you would think, so we went out there and said, the, and we really didn't catch that many fish. I always assumed... They were just getting out anyhow. Uh, but, like, so if they drained it, accidentally drained it completely, I mean, we're just going to say this. would still be flowing through. 
right? <laughs> as long as there was flowing water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I, I don't want to get into like the he said, she said and, and assumptions on this. Something happened and it's crazy because I get, you know, uh, there's two newspapers that are that are close to where, you know, we get the Meadville Tribune and the Erie Times News. I don't. We at the shop, my mom brings them in and she uh, she reads them and stuff. And the one says frozen instruments cause this out of the Erie paper, the Meadville paper says it's still cost. You know, the causes are still unknown. Okay. I don't know. I'm not going to get into he- mm-hmm. this and that, but so regardless, Woodcock was always regarded as a very high density of muskies per acre as compared to the rest of the state. And you, you take them from, let's just say a 350 acre lake, and then you put them into a one acre Creek. Yeah. That's the highest density of muskies in the creek yeah. in the state right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a, what's that, Brian? Got a new muskie creek now, I guess. Huh? Uh, that's also yeah. approved trout waters and probably has endangered and threatened mussels and other aquatic life. <laughs> there was some. I, I'm not going to speak stuff that I'm not exactly sure on, but there could have been a really big bonehead move to try to save the lake after all the fish left, which could have also been really bad for the ecosystem of that creek when they shut the gate and they're not allowed to, to kind of fill the lake back up. Oh, they shut off the stream, yeah. They, and there were pictures floating <laughs> on Facebook of muskies sitting in pools half out of the water. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I didn't see all that. Yeah, yeah it's, it, but I'm not going to get into the, the nitty-gritty, nit, nit but it's going to be interesting to see what happens from here. Um, it's going to be a really great year on Fresh Creek. Uh, downstream from me, like way oh, south oh. of me. Yeah. But, it's already a good year for Andy and I. We went there and fished it. That's how we know all this stuff. Sorry I spilled the beans. Yes. So I was getting there. We had a 20 fish afternoon. Um, yeah. Just by picking them up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it, it. There's nothing you can do about it. I mean, it's 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 not very often. How many times in your life can you be like, "Hey, you remember that lake? Yeah. Well, it's gone. What do you mean it's gone? Um, well, it's gone. And uh, so it's like, remember that lake? It would be like, hey, remember the you know Lake Chautauqua? And you're like, yeah, the one that's right up the road. It's gone. Yeah, this isn't like an old like high school closing. It's like it was here a couple days ago. Now it's just (laughs) yes, gone. Most of it's at Pittsburgh right now. (laughs) But it's it's I don't. It's one of these things because when I was talking to Jared, it wasn't just musky talk. It was like, what do you know? Tell me about this stuff. It's kind of sad because I think the people who fish knew it was a trophy smallmouth lake. Smallmouth, yeah. I mean, I would, I would. It brought back some memories. So, uh, the the wife and the kids, you know, and I went down and we actually walked into the into the lake tonight. Um, it was that they were filling. It was slowly filling back up. I mean, it's not. It's way below winter pool. But walking in some of these spots, I used to wade the the one shoreline and cast for smallmouth with when I was fishing with my friend Eric, and. I'm walking and I'm like, and I, I snapped some photos and it was hard to get to send them out. But if I would have got down low, it was like Mars Rover photos. There's nothing in the bottom of that lake. 
there's some man-made yeah. stuff, but it's just rocks and gravel. Yeah. And it's it's, it's not heaven. Yeah, it's just it's so weird. It was it was so weird, but I mean, knowing that they draw it down, people walk down in the basin all the time. Like you were saying, the flats mm-hmm. are exposed yeah. Yeah. every every yeah. winter. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the smallmouth. I mean, you could probably go catch some legitimate five pound smallmouths now that may not have been in the river before. Um, <laughs> Jared was telling me they finally got a great year class of walleye to catch. Like, yeah. this would have been, they wouldn't have been legal this year, so it would have been next year they would have been legal. So they would have been like that probably 11 to 13 inch range this year, and he's saying it was epic in size. He was very excited about that, but they're gone. <laughs> and uh, it's very sad. But we're going to get Jared on here. You know, he's he's uh, going to tally up the musky stamp numbers and, and what's going on with those, with that funding and stuff. I'm just waiting on him to give us the go-ahead to uh, get him back on. So that'll be a topic we talk about then. But, all right. We got a guest, and I'm talking too much. All right, Brian. An amazing guest. A legendary bait <laughs> outside of the the name. But this is exciting. I don't. Have you ever done a podcast before? Have I? Yeah. Yeah, actually, I did one last night. Oh, oh cool. my God. <laughs> Let me guess. I've, I've had a couple. I've had a couple people ask me over the past uh, couple of weeks. So, and then finally, they, I did did do one last night. So, man, I thought we were the first, but we're the second. We're the second. Yeah, second fiddle is It's tough when you're in demand, I guess. I know. Uh-huh. We mm-hmm. might be the first to load it up because it's going to be posted tonight. Anyways, you could, you could very well be, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Brian, let's let's talk about, you know, so most most people in musky fishing have heard like to me it's a staple. We don't even need to say the name. You just say perch bait and everyone knows it's a legend perch bait. But I want to get let's let's tell the story prior to the legend perch bait. Start where you want to start, but let's talk about your fishing history. Okay, uh so I guess whenever I was uh, I was a younger guy, a kid, dad would take me out trout fishing. And you know what? It always seemed like it was uh, spitting snow, cold. And I, I just never, I never really took on to fishing too much then. That, that aspect of fishing wasn't that great. So I kind of, I guess I kind of did that for a couple of years with him. And then, uh, then I, I basically didn't do too much fishing till probably I got into my uh, late teens. And then I, then I started, started going out with some friends, uh, going the old, uh, along, along the shore, propping up the rods, uh, throw the bobber out, whatever, what have you, and, you know, catch whatever you catch. And, and I kind of, you know, I, t- I took a pretty good liking to that because it, it was nicer nicer weather and the atmosphere just still totally different than real early spring. So, so as I guess I evolved from there and, uh, I, I just distinctly remember seeing, seeing boats running up and down along the, along the lakes. And I, you know, I always thought to myself, well, it'd be really be nice to have a, a boat to be able to, you know, run around and, uh, and do some, do some different fishing anyway. So, so I guess, uh, after a couple of years, uh, sitting along the shoreline, watching the boats, I, 
I decided that uh, I was going to get one. And I guess I kind of got into the bass, uh, a bad, more of a bass style V boat. And, and I, I immediately went to liken the fish for, for walleyes. And I, I changed up to another V haul tiller. And uh, I really liked that. And uh, then I started, then I started into musky fishing, right? Right. I did a few years of walleye and then, then into the musky fishing. And so how did you, old, trend, how did you the old red line? Oh, go ahead. Was that the old red line? Right. Yep. Yeah. The one that yeah. uh, Jim Walker bought. I Jim don't know. Walker. Yeah. 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 That was it. And then, uh, but how did you like your walleye fishing? I guess like everybody really kind of has the same story, but of course it, you uh there's there's different and special things in everyone where you know you start with a bluegill go to a basket or a walleye and then you hit this muskie um what made you want to get into muskie fishing while you were out there on your boat were you getting chitter chatter from your friends did you encounter one on the water uh what was your like kind of light bulb going off okay uh so so i was uh I would fish down at Keystone. Naturally, it's pretty close to to where I live, and only like fifteen minutes away. and And I would get down there fishing, and uh, I'd run into. I'm sure you guys. I, I'm sure. I'm sure Todd knows this guy. His name was Christian Totter, and uh, I would I would uh, periodically see him at the boat launch, and he'd always have a. He'd always say, hey, I got to show you something. He'd bring out uh, a handful of pitchers, and they were all nice-sized muskies that he had caught over the years out of out of Keystone. He says, he says you got to do this. He said, you got to – he says, that's right up your alley. And so I, I, you know, I said, well, one of these – one of these times maybe I, I will. But uh, so – Probably about a year, year or so after I met Chris, I, kept, I would talk to him off and on whenever I would see him. And, and finally, he, I, I kind of got a little bit more interested in it. And he, one, one night he took and jumped, jumped in my boat and we sort of took a boat ride around the lake. He threw it, threw out a couple rods, told me what kind of speed and, you know, gave me a generality how to, how to troll. And, and, uh, so, so I, uh, we didn't catch nothing that night, but, uh, so I went out, uh, with one of my, one of my buddies that, uh, we went out fishing one night. We would always, uh, and so we gotta, we gotta leave the walleye gear at home if we want to try and catch a muskie. And that's what we did. And we threw out some, some muskie poise, some, some muskie lures and, uh, and started trolling. And, uh, we did get one. We, we had it had it to the boat that the problem was our, our net was too small. It was probably about <laughs> close to a 15 inch fish. And, and it was a walleye net that we tried to put it in and it got caught on a net and shook off. And so and your first, your so first they encounter they was a giant. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, and that was very addicting. The addiction started there, I guess is how, how you can explain it. I also think it's interesting how you said, uh, if we want to catch one of these things, we have to leave our stuff at home. Kind of like it was, it feels like nagging you. Like if, uh, you know, you were so into walleyes, it's like, okay, we're going fishing. You're into a routine. And it's like, listen, we have to leave this walleye gear at home or we are going to end up fishing for walleyes. I, it would I be, would, 
Yeah. It'd be the same thing if like somebody was like, let's go fishing for walleyes on Lake Chautauqua or something like that. And I'd be like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so common. I mean, you hear people saying it all the time, you know, oh, I play with musky fishing, but you know, I have my bass stuff and you know, after a half hour, the muskies aren't fighting. They go back to bass fishing. Well, you don't know what's happening a half hour into musky fishing. It's a totally different, uh, you literally tackle here. Yeah. You l- literally have to keep all of your yeah. walleye gear away to get, <laughs> to get started in this stuff. Lock yeah. and keyed away and be like, just keep it out of here. Just got to get this away from us. We're really going to try this wholeheartedly. Very cool story. Yep. And Chris Trotter, the fellow that Brian's talking about, he was the first the first president of uh, Three Rivers Muskie Inc. chapter. Right. Brian, uh, Brian and Chris were the big uh, founders because I was a member of Penn, Ohio. And I sat with them at a meeting one time and Chris said, I was thinking about starting one in Pittsburgh. Would you join? I said, yeah, because I never even went to the one over in Ohio. We, we, we would go to a meeting every once in a while, but uh, that's quite a while ago. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think I believe it was maybe '95. I, I know we. That's what I think. I know, yeah, something like that. I know when the uh, you probably. I'm sure you remember it. The uh, the the Monroeville Expo, mm-hmm. the fishing or sporting expo or whatever that they used to have down there, and uh, yeah. we had a boot. We had a booth down there for our lures, and we just started uh, asking people that was coming yeah. by. You know, if they would be interested in a in a Pittsburgh-based uh, uh, yeah. musky bank club, and it it uh, there was a lot of people, you know, a lot of people that said, yeah, you know, and uh, so it was uh, basically it was, and I run into John Trexel, um, who was one of the other co-founders. Um, I run into him last year down at Keystone, and he said, you realize, me and you's the only two of the, the original co-founders that are left from Three Rivers. Yeah. And I, I said, really, because it was Ed Kapanzik and um, and who uh, Chris Chris Totter passed away recently, and yeah. John, and yeah. John Johnny Spinda, you know, Spinda oh, Spinner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He he he's he's been gone probably what ten years. I don't know. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. So um, what got you from the point of catching that first muskie? And when did the bait making start? And what made that happen? Okay, I I basically started musky fishing in I think it was a '88, and it didn't take me long because I caught I caught a couple of nice fish. I, I know I remember one night uh, after dark I caught a 52 inch. That was my first year. I mean, I was like really wow. I said uh, you know I'm, I'm really liking this, and so. <laughs> So it got to, uh, and we, we caught a few other fish in other lakes and, you know, really, really getting into it. And so the, uh, so over the, over the winter, you know, I, you sit around thinking, doing thinking and I, the, you know, the kind of the, the thought process, I'm thinking I'm, you know, I caught fish, I was catching fish on 10 inch believers and, and I, and I wanted to, I said, what if I had a bigger lure? Could I catch bigger fish or, or were they still hit it? Uh, I'm thinking, but I was thinking more in terms of bigger fish. So I, so I got, um, so one of my buddies was in a taxidermy, which, which we were partners for a couple of years, uh, when are we first, when are we first started legend lures? And, um, 
he he has some background in in taxidermy where or he was a taxidermist and he had background in you know painting and and uh some rough mold making and stuff like that so we kind of we kind of i told him i said i want to i want to make a bigger lure so i made something i made the uh the 14 inch was the first one that i made uh, some guys call it the bug eye uh the legend but um i i kind of looked at it as i was i was using a believer um and i i used grandma's also so it was kind of like a hybrid in between the two of them and uh and that's basically how we got started we just started playing with uh different stuff and was that bug eye bait was that the one that i i I taught don't you have one that's like it's like enormous and it's like like the 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 front end is is like molded in that's like kind of like a one lip i don't even know how to describe it yeah and uh yeah, it's got big eyes. Now, there's a whole series of bug eyes that came from that. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, Brian. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, yes there's but, a whole, uh, the whole family. The beginning. Yeah, there's a whole family. Of, but, you know, an interesting thing that you brought up there, Brian, is to me, uh, you didn't start with wood. You started with something molded, correct? Well, it was actually... Actually, what it was was, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with taxidermy. They have like a foam, and we made it out of foam okay. and, then, and then made, I mean, the mold was really rough. I mean, yeah. it was, oh, yeah, yeah, it was hitting. Mm-hmm. We had to, we got our noses in the books and did a little bit of studying up on, uh, on how to make some proper molds then after that. But it, uh, but it was good enough to get some out for the next year and, uh, it worked. I mean, I was, I was catching, I was catching some decent fish on it. You but, know, but, but going back to 88 or whenever this was or late eighties, uh, you know, I think probably almost every, man, every lure maker I can think of, even if they've gone to a molded lure started with like a carved hunk of wood with sawdust know, started yeah. out of wood. Yeah. I mean, that's just right. the way you started and you, you back then when you started making those you know it was always something we talked about what's this made out of you know it's not wood <laughs> they, they no. wouldn't base back then you know you had something no, it was, different <laughs> it was actually it was actually molded and made before it was ever tested <laughs> yeah. yeah so you and, just and winged that, it yeah. you're just like it's gotta work <laughs> there's no plan b yeah. <laughs> Yeah, looking at uh, it, it almost did have to work. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> then, um, yeah, and and from there, I guess you could shape it and change it. Then once you got it into the, once you got it into that similar size, you know, and then uh, and with the plastic we're using, you can you can basically you know pour a hunk of that stuff and and carve it like wood if you you know to try and you wanted, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, that's how we come up with the other ones, and and also a lot of the other ones. Uh, I know my my one buddy, I think he or my the co-partner at the time, he he made the the Sunny Style and a few other ones, um, and then we had a whole mess of the, the small ones um, that were basically I called them show filler, show filler, uh, something to take to the shows and try and sell and cover your expenses i mean they all worked and Mm -hmm. we caught you know we caught fish on them and 
but uh, uh, that's how I basically. I guess that's. If, I guess if it's not a if it's, if it's not a uh, musky lure, I'm not too concerned with it. Lots of times, I, and I my then I I ended up making a 23 incher too. Then no, was bigger. was that this to run also... or was that for a novelty? Um, no, it was actually. I mean, I don't. You got to understand. I like big lures, and I I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was out on a I was out on a mission to find out how big of a lure a, a muskie would take, and, and would it make any difference? The you know by upping the size of the lure, would it make any difference on the size of the muskie you were catching? But um, what was the finding? That, that one had four hooks, right? Yeah, I it had it had the four hooks, but I would whenever I would run that lure, I would only run it on the front. I would only run like all yeah. Three hooks yeah, on a front. Yeah, yeah, to take one off. Uh-huh. I think that's really <laughs> interesting that you started your bait making career with giant baits rather giant than going baits. small, especially in the areas that we grew up in, where it's like you know the small small baits now and all that crap. And then people eventually go up. You started with a fourteen inch bait, and you were like, eh. This could be double the size. Child's play. Yeah. Watch this. <laughs> I mean, the 14 inch wasn't really made to sell. It was something that I just wanted for you know to to play around with and kind of no doubt. Kind of went yeah. a little. Yeah, but, but Vance, you got to remember that old. Remember that old CD that I put oh, in the, one the time big, at camp. Yeah, it was a big, the big fish. <laughs> it was all. And big, so this was at Chautauqua Can Am. Yeah, Chautauqua Can-Am, and uh, we were watching this old video. It was from, I think it was like 91, something like that, and they were panning the crowd. It was televised by a local place up there, and uh, Vance obviously would have been like three years old at this time, but I was like, that's Brian Boyer right there from Legend Lures. You were sitting in the crowd. Did you see me there? Huh? Oh yeah, you're there. Yeah, you're on. You're on the video, and I was like, "That's Brian. That's that's Legend Lord." He's like, "No oh, shit, that's Legend." Lord. <laughs> we were everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but uh, you know what? That I was amazed at that KNM there. These guys were. Um, you remember the Penske Pike? I know you did. If you yeah. was in Penn, Ohio, but. Those guys were just murdering those muskies up there. The bigger, the bigger muskies were being caught on that on that bigger Pensy Pike. Yeah, and I just remember, I distinctly remember at night those guys were all standing in there and their lures are all cracked up and breaking and stuff yeah. and we're in there gluing them up and tape <laughs> on whatever it took to keep them running. And it was just a, yeah. And that's not that long ago, but even Vance, like watching the video, people were reaching down and grabbing the lure. Dude. And they all were the size the, of the, the bug eye. The, picking the fish up. <laughs> there was it still hanging on the lure. The lure, that's here's, what they were fishing with. Here's how it went. I mean, these were, these were giant baits, and they would get the fish to the side. There was no net. Sometimes there was. <laughs> Sometimes there was an old. Yeah. Or like what would happen and you'd get one of those like Dick Sporting Goods catfish nets. Then mm-hmm. the whole net goes into the boat with the bait, this giant bait, <laughs> about as big as a fish, on and that it's thrashing around all on the on the ground. Then they pick it up, they'll gill it and pick it up. Bait's still intact. 
They're friggin' fighting to get it out, cutting books and all that stuff. And then they properly put it in a musky uh, cradle, cradle and lo- lower it back <laughs> into the water. And I was just that was the that was the most uh, that was the craziest thing I, that I I took back uh, mm-hmm. that, after watching that that video. I mean, it was amazing. Like how different it is fishing now, Vance. Just looking at that. That's, that was from like I said, it was ninety one, ninety two. Yeah, was, and if people <laughs> saw that, if, if people saw that right now, oh my that gosh. got out on Facebook. Like the, the handling and, and stuff. It, yeah. People would, their heads would roll off. They, they, <laughs> they would <off>. explode. <laughs> they would explode. Yeah. It would be like, like it did. anybody like that, that there should actually be clips of that can am video. When somebody's like, you held that fish wrong. Uh, it's gonna die. The, the water temperature, it's going to die. And it's like, okay, well, Hey, watch this. <laughs> and you see somebody like, driving and netting the fish picking the net up putting it in the bottom of the boat enormous like yeah the, 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 the bare aluminum boats. that's been baking in the sun that they're cooking like, eggs yeah. on this, yeah this yeah. i was like look this this uh fishery made it and the, at the one point they had this can am there so yeah, the, the only reason there was uh gaffs being used in that is because they're illegal in New York, yeah. The state of New York. Otherwise, Absolutely. we would have just stuck a gaff under their throat and picked <laughs> them up by the gill. That's just what you did. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago, man. Today, I don't, they... I don't, I don't think they. Uh, I don't think the line counters had even came out yet. Then uh, I, I know. No, I didn't. I know. I was. I know. I was using a flasher, and I might have had one of the cheap LCDs or whatever, or whatever, whatever they were. Whenever they first came out, they they worked for about a year, and then the screen clouded up black where you couldn't see nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was fun. It was it the like the, a flasher, like a hummingbird flasher. Is that what you mean by I, a flash? Yeah, I had the eagle flasher, and I. I tell you what, I liked it. It, it, you know, at the time, whenever I first started fishing, it was good. I mean, it was good enough, uh, but it was. It's not what we have today. The Navionics with the. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, flashback. You talk about the flasher. Let's flash back to ten years ago when I was ready to like hit the ground running with this musky stuff. My boat access. They still use that instead of just like a regular sonar. So. In a sense, I grew up with a flasher, just like a flasher, yeah. But I shouldn't have been. But yeah. that's just <laughs> my uncle. He loved to uh, tell you how old everything was, and uh, you know, it just was outdated stuff. But... No, Vance and I had a lot of fun watching that. Oh my God, yeah, that old video. That's that's crazy. And like I said, to me, to me, it's just not that long ago. You know. you know what I I actually had uh, you have to have a boat come over and verify a fish for you. I actually had yeah. uh, Jake Satonica whenever I caught one. He came over of Grandma's. He came Grandma's, over. Yeah. And, yeah, he came over and very verified one that I had caught. Yeah, that's pretty uh, awesome. Down by the silos. Down by the, the silos. It's no yeah, good down there a, anymore. That's a, that's a southern <laughs> basin. It's dead. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's well to bring it back to what we were talking about you went with these the, you started with this large bait and then you went even larger and i think that that's pretty pretty awesome and uh you know now did you catch 
any on the two footer. I I definitely did. I had I had one. I had one. Um, the way it went, I was I was trolling a spot, and it seemed like. When the fish were on the bite, it seems like they'll, I don't know, sometimes they'll hit anything. I mean, when it's going and, and it's happening, and that's whenever I, I said it's time to put this out and try, you know. And I had, I had a 9-inch junior out, and I had the 23-inch uh, XL, and <laughs> and I was and I was trolling, and, you know, I, I marked a good mark on the screen. I said, wow, I said, he's right in my zone there, but both of the plugs were both of the lures were running about the same depth and all of a sudden the, uh, the, the bigger one would have came through first, the XL came through first and all of a sudden the line started, uh, peeling out on it. And I, I, I just looked at it in amazement, you know, I think, what, what do we, have? what do we, have? what do we have here? You know? And I, so, so finally, you know, I got the other rod in and, uh, I had, got up to the front of the boat. I was by myself and I got up to the boat and I seen it. I seen this big shadow coming around. I said, Oh my. And it was, it was, it was probably one of the bigger fish that I'd ever had on the line. And I got it next to, I I just brought it up next to the boat and he come, I just distinctly remember I, uh, it came up, came up and head, head out of the water first with that big lure. And he just gave it a shake and all that weight of that lure just ripped that hook right out of it. <laughs> I mean, and it was bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some, something you'll never forget. I run, I run the lure for uh, a few other times um, later on. And I did run it quite a bit after that. It, it was tough. Uh, it, like I said, it had to be, you knew there was really a bite going on for it to really work. I did get nailed on it a couple other times, but I didn't get a hookup. The interesting thing on it was that I figured out after a while that all the hooks needed to be placed right up around the eye in the front of the bill. Uh, the rest of them was pretty much bogus because a, a bigger fish, usually if they're going to hit something bigger in size, they're going to try and hit it around the head and stun it and then you know, and then let go of it, come back around and grab it head first to, to swallow it. And, and that's probably more than likely what was going on. It, it seemed to happen with the 14 inch as well as he was usually getting, getting hit on the front of the bait where it, it, it just got to a point where I got rid of the hook on the back and moved it up front. And, and it did, it did make a difference for hookups anyways. Did you notice a, correlation between the big giant bait and big giant fish or was it just kind of like a normal a distribution yeah, yeah just a fish um i as far as my average fish uh definitely uh, i would say it was probably like you know everything was over 45 inches that i was catching on the 14 inch lure it, uh-huh. it definitely it definitely did you know catch I mean, I I also caught some smaller. I think I caught a 36 incher on it one time, which uh, you know I didn't catch many of them, but it it was basically you know bigger fish. And but uh, some of the places I was fishing, it wasn't exactly a, a numbers lake, you know, and they, you know they had some, some bigger fish in it. So you were being selective on on where you were running these baits, and so it it kind of would lend to bigger fish eating the bigger baits. Right. Interesting. I don't think Brian was ever, I don't think he ever really into the 
numbers fishery. Let's go catch a bunch of fish. You, I mean, is that correct, Brian? You've been like searching the giants. Yeah, that's that's basically. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. I mean, I I went out to Lake St. Clair and fished there once, uh, and we caught some fish out there. But it, I just always that's I would. You're saying, yeah. I would just much rather go to the Georgian Bay or St. Lawrence River or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, we have the bug eye line, Sunny, Junior, big one. I can remember a time, one time we were sitting at a uh, banquet, and uh, for some reason, you and I always sat together at those banquets, and uh, BS, and you, and you told me, you said, I got a, uh, I got a perch, I'm going to make a mold of this perch, I'm going to make a bait out of it, something going to be more sellable, something going to be more to get out to the mainstream, right. and uh, um. we had this conversation and I was like, it sounds really good, Brian. Right. Um, what became of that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, when I was, we was in it for a couple of years with these other baits. And then my, uh, it, it wasn't going well. I mean, we, I mean, not as good as what we needed it to be. And um, so my, it, to the point where my partner uh, at the time, uh, he was in it with probably a, two or three, three years with me. And then he decided, uh, you know, he, he needed to go a different direction. And I, I was in it for a while. I kind of picked up on doing some, some more. I did them. I molded the, uh, the hooker baits and I, and I made the bodies for the hooker baits, which kind of helped keep me afloat, uh, with that and still selling some of my older style baits, but I needed, I needed to either get into another bait or something. And I, I kept on, I went off of one thing that I remember hearing, you know, guys say, and it's, it's, I guess it's really important. You're, you're in business. You need to listen to the customers. They, they tell you something that they want. And I remember a lot of guys that said, you know, I look, I'm kind of looking for something that looks more like a fish. So I, so that always stuck with me. It got to the, so then probably it was like in around like 94, 95, I had my one friend would go to a pay lake and I said, Hey, you're going down that pay lake. If you, if you take in, uh, if you catch, if you catch a nice size perch, how about bringing it back for me? I'd like to have it. Mm-hmm. So he did, and he brought it back and I took and traced it, traced it and ended up, uh, making some cutout patterns of it and made a mold for it. And, uh, voila, perch bait. Uh, it was, <laughs> it, yeah, it was, uh. And it looked good, uh, and I started, uh, I started, you know, doing some testing on it. And I, I think I caught, I caught the very first fish ever caught on a perch bait was caught at Pymatuming, uh, the the regular perch bait. I had two different bills in it. I actually had a, a bent lip in it and with a nose pull, and then I had the uh, the reg- the perch bait as it is now with the with the the diving lip with the the toe toe line on the on the lip, but I, I just, uh, you know, I, that's kind of what I, I gave, tried to give the customer what they're wanting. They, they wanted something that looked like a fish. And I think it, it just, uh, it's definitely a more of a confidence whenever you put something on and you feel good about what you're running, you know, you say that thing looks oh, yeah. like, that thing looks like something. And, uh, you know, they're going to, they're probably going to give it more of a chance to running to, to catch something on it. Uh, and but that's that's basically yeah that's basically the story behind it uh 95 
I, I started selling a few of them. And then, uh, then 97, I made the, the plow, the bigger version. And, you know, you knew that was coming. The plow. <laughs> had to have a, <laughs> yeah. I had to have a bigger, I had to have a bigger one. Yeah. I was going to say you were probably pretty disappointed when that guy came back with a perch and you were like, well, this thing isn't <laughs> 23 small. inches. Yeah. <laughs> I should have told you a walleye. Yeah. I, I would have yeah. made the walleye it's a bait. Much larger perch to mold here. Yeah, <laughs> it was probably it was probably about a twelve inch perch, and then I guess you get rid of the tail and some, you know, on scale. I might have scaled. Yeah, that tail's probably like about two or three, three inches maybe, or by the time you neck it down in the back there. So it was that's basically was made off of like a twelve inch size perch. I was talking to a friend of ours uh, just yesterday because he's going to help me put a new kitchen in house. John Nag said he right. has one of those prototypes that has screw eyes in it before you even start through wiring them. Um, right. And he said it was like a shallow lip. I think maybe it was before you did the, the deep diving lip or the regular lip you have in now. I had them both. I had them both at the time. Like I said, uh, yeah. and uh, the one was a bent lip and the other one with the screw eye on the nose pool. And then the other one was the, the regular lip. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, I like I played with them both. I was catching, you know, I caught a fish on both, but uh, it's uh, it it just went with. It seemed like the other one was working better, and that's what I went with. And more people, I did offer the one with the bent lip at first, and it just seemed yeah. like it, it seemed like it was going better with the uh, the deeper runner, you know. Now you still make the shallow runner or not? You, I, you, make, I can't remember the name of that one. Uh, I just called a I just called a medium dive bent lip bent lip uh, nose pull and I I do make a, I do make a few of them I actually when I made the molds for them I made them so that I was able to do it either way mold it in okay. mold a nose pull eye in it or or without yep so you got you got the perch bait you scale it up you get the plow now. I heard a story about how you named the plow. Do you want do you want to tell that story? Well, actually, I didn't name the plow. Well, was kinda... you you gave the the name to it because someone. Go ahead, tell the story. I'm not going to lead you into on it. Right. Uh, so it. Uh, so the the story behind the plow was I you know I didn't really I don't think I had a, a name for it at the time. I was kind of calling it the 12 inch perch bait mm -hmm. the 12, 12 inch perch and and so i one day i was uh one day i was i forget whether it was down at uh i was down at howard's or run into howard wagner somewhere and and he says hey he says you gotta says you gotta name that thing something he says that he says that uh you gotta he says how about the plow call it the plow and i, I said i don't know i said he started calling it the plow, and I guess it started catching on with people, and they started calling it the plow. And he he had a he had one thing that he said the one time. He says, "How fast will the plow run?" He says, "Nobody knows <laughs> because, <laughs> because, because there, there isn't a rod that'll hold it." <laughs> so, so, for those who don't know, describe to us how the plow runs. Um. How it runs? Yeah, like, is it a shallow, easy pulling bait? <laughs> it, it has, it has a. 
it has it has two settings on it. It has a shallow set and a deep set. And the um, the shallow set is it's not it doesn't have a lot of resistance. Put it this way: I I put it behind inline boards and have pretty good success by doing that, controlling mm-hmm. it. That oh. way. And uh, also the the deep set it does have a pretty good pull on it, and mm-hmm. I, it's not something I'd be. Run, wanting to run too much at like six, seven miles an hour. That's wait, but wait a minute, especially in the tiller. If you if you have one out on one side in the tiller, your arm is going to get tired. You almost have to put two to uh, equal out. Well, equal yeah, you're gonna, so you can keep going. The, the boat's going to be pulling one way. It's, yeah, <laughs> certainly. You do the, a circle. The plow certainly does. Turn your boat. There's no doubt about that. If you have one out, so and I, you know, I don't. I never. I had that bait down, hitting bottom at like you know over 50 foot. I don't know how deep it will go. It, it's like <laughs> nobody knows. <laughs> nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows how fast it'll run. Nobody knows how deep it'll go. I don't so listen to this though. This is uh, in the infancy of our uh, rod holders. Uh, at Fat AZ, mm-hmm. the plow was a pivotal, like a pivotal uh, place in the selling of them and making oh. them legit. I remember, I think it might have been like 2014. Everybody would ask about these rod holders, the the AZ hours. They would say, "Would it hold a plow at <laughs> six miles an hour?" Do you remember this, Andy? Yeah, I, I do. I be- remember it. Uh, because you did a video. Well, and I'm like, mm-hmm. who in the hell is doing that with that bait? I'm like, these guys are nuts. I was like, there's no way that they that, that they're catching fish, but the hell with it. I'm gonna go out and do it. And I had to make a video this big giant bait. And we got the rod holder in the water, and I'm like, here's the plow, it's going in the water, boom, big splash, and I I pick it up to even like six, seven miles an hour. It's like, yep, the rod, the rod, the rod holder is not moving, but my gunnel is about to fall off the boat. (laughs) Just like, I think that's good enough. We got the uh, (laughs) the gunnel started to pull away from the boat. (laughs) Ribs are popping. So we could, we could say, uh, you know, a thank you to uh, the plow. (laughs) <laughs> that is a complete wild card, uh, hey. and that you know is hey. essentially putting a roof over our head now. You you gotta respect the plow. You gotta respect yeah. the plow. <laughs> that was always the I, standard. That was people were measuring against. Yes, it was amazing. I caught my I caught my first. Uh, I took that uh, I took that to Buffalo Harbor, and I got a I got a forty three pounder on it. The first muskie that I caught out of Buffalo Harbor. It was like, yeah, and they, they did a lot of damage over the years though with that bait. I know hard cut it. Oh, yeah. Up there. yeah, now, is that bite still kind of going on? I mean, that that used to be a thing I'd hear more of, and now I don't I don't hear much of it. I mean, is that something you still travel to do? I don't, I haven't fished there probably since the, since it, a uh, little bit before it went, went, right, when, when when it uh, kind of went downhill, that was about the last. Uh, I've I've heard, you know, things that you know some of the studies and that that they you know starting to come back some, but uh, yeah, I I haven't been fishing it now. 
Okay. Do you? Uh, I don't want to get off the baits too much, but do you do you do much of any fishing anymore? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I yeah I usually take a few weeks up at uh, the St. Lawrence. I kind of been fishing up that way a good bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But I, fish, I mean, I fish around the, the state in in the state here some too. Okay. Because it, it, there seems to be like two groups of of bait builders, the ones that take long stretches to go fishing, and the other ones that are too just saying I I can't I I live this life too much I I don't have I can't take going fishing, and I kind of fall into that ladder of the one I just it's it's just it's one of these it's you know like we were talking to Dale and Dale sold his boat it's like. You're a bait who builder. You, you don't have a boat. <laughs> who sold their, Who sold your boat? Dale Wiley. Wiley. Dale. Wiley. Dale, Dale Wiley. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to be kidding. Is, is, is he just going to fish with other people? Or yeah, that's what he says. That's what he says. He, it's still at his house, but it's sold. I, I still like. I think about that. I think he lost a bet or something. <laughs> 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 If anything, I, you know, I, there was a time where I was trying to, trying to put money into things and I was doing, uh, less fishing, but, uh, no, I, I usually take three, three weeks in the fall and usually, you know, taking some short trips during the summertime. And I mean, I, I'm not out there, I'm not out there every weekend, but, uh, we've got a lot of information out of Brian on his fishing cause he's not one that always opens up to what he's doing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Searching for these giants. But I've heard you name, uh, is it true that you named the Kowalski, the Wiley Kowalski? Yeah, I take it. Uh, I, take it, I, take it I, I take it that I did. I was with, uh, I was with John Nag and we was, we was, we were fishing the Ottawa river at the time. Up, up there in Montreal and and he had a he had one of the Kowalskis and you know and and he was he was catching he was catching a few fish on it and, you know and I said wow I said it's called the old Kowalski you know and that, <laughs> pretty, 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 soon, pretty soon everybody's calling it the Kowalski you know and, <laughs> well that's the name yeah I mean it, I didn't know where it came from either but I did know the background a little bit but Pittsburghese jargon. Mm-hmm. You know what? I've, I've always been that been that way. Where you know, um, I go out. I had John actually get a couple off a of deal for me, and I've always been that way. I don't care. You know, lots of times I'll go places and and I'll catch. You know, if I'm if I know, like I went out to like St. Clair, just for an example. I I had a couple of deals, small lures, small. Uh, Wileys and I knew they caught fish out there on them. So I, you know, naturally I took some out there. I caught, I caught someone on my baits. I caught some on his baits and likewise, you know, I was fishing, me and John did a little bit of fishing up towards uh, the Ottawa and that uh, I, you know, I got, got a few uh, Dale's lures and, you know, used them up there. And likewise, you know, we was catching them on my perch bait up there. It kind of cut, kind of, you know, uh, that's where I broke the perch bait in pretty good was up in that, up in that neck of the woods. The Ottawa worked, worked really well up that way, you know, and over the years sales has been good for, you know, in that neighborhood. Oh, the perch baits, I mean, 
there's, I mean, obviously, you know, <laughs> caught on, man. That's a, that's like a mainstay, as as Andy said when we started the podcast. You don't even have to say anything. It's a perch bait. Simple name. Yeah, but like you know, knows what it is. The thing, the thing <laughs> is, like when we start when we started the podcast 2015 early, um, in that off season, the perch bait was still that was an expensive bait. And now all the, you know, these baits are, you know, triple the price of this perch bait. And what I want to say about the perch bait is I believe that it is the most economical and versatile big water trolling bait that you could use. Um, Big water, deep, deep diving. Yes. You could run it slow. You could run it fast. And 50 bucks mm-hmm. let's go you know that's that is a uh just my opinion on them uh i know a lot of people uh need somewhere to start a lot of people look at the perch baits to start and uh you know you should have them in your box do you do all your own painting brian yeah i do i do everything yeah yeah, I cut the lips, everything that's that's done on them. Uh, so if you don't know, it's me who's been painting them. Don't lie. <laughs> uh, I, I, I literally just started painting this off season, so it's been like a running gag, and it is very terrible. So oh, it's a running started. gag to the point that in one weekend he broke three airbrushes. Um, how did he do that? <laughs> don't ask me. He doesn't even know. Oh my god! I've got my first. Preschooler safety scissors to try and cut a piece of cardboard. Essentially, is like what they gave me. So I don't want to. I, I, I love the excuses because I literally painted thousands of baits with those brushes, and they well, don't last an hour combined. You you have no idea what you're doing. So uh, uh, clearly. So you know what I was I was kind of you know doing my thing all these years, and I kind of got in, I got into on a Facebook back a couple of years ago. And I was just, I was just amazed at uh, what some of these guys are doing out there with the, the paint jobs. It's just, it's just absolutely amazing. Oh, it is. Some yeah. of the paint, some of the paint that they're doing. And, you know, it's it just really like, uh, I, th- I kind of felt like uh, what's the, the one guy that woke up after so many years and everything had oh. changed. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, what's his name? He had the beard. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to say Rumpelstiltskin, but I don't think that's him. That's him. Yeah, Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. Yeah, but it was it was just uh, that was that was quite a thing. I just couldn't believe it. You know, it's, it's neat. It's neat to look at. There's a beautiful looking bait. They put a ton of time into this paint jobs, but that muskie is not seeing that doing five miles an hour. No, but the user is. And the if they think is, it's pretty, it's in the water. If they think, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got I got a perch bait story for you guys. I bet you you didn't expect to hear those words out of my mouth. No, <laughs> no. I own one perch bait, like the regular one. I own, I own a handful of those baby ones, which I want to talk about here soon. But my perch bait story isn't about a fish I caught. It's about how I got my perch bait. I snagged it off of eBay, but I, I caught on early on eBay. Don't try to find a bait 
try to find like a tackle box someone's selling and (laughs) identify a couple good baits in it and then buy it for those two baits and then do whatever you want to do with whatever else. So crazy story was I was looking through, I'm like, okay, musky baits. Okay. Here's like a tackle box with a bunch of like homemade bucktails and garbage wood baits that, that, that obviously were painted with watercolors at their kitchen table. And I'm like, wait, there's a perch, perch pattern, perch bait. Well, what the heck? I ended up, uh, I'll throw a bit on it. It was something like 20 or 25 bucks for this box of whatever, 30 baits. But I really just wanted that perch bait. Lo and behold, no one else bid on it. I got it for oh. like 25 bucks. And I, I looked <laughs> the, whole box, yeah. the whole box and I'm like, okay, how much are they going to nail me for shipping? And then I like, look, and I, I forget exactly what town it was, but it was like Springboro or something like that, which is like a 30 to 40 minute drive for me. And I, you know, emailed the seller. I said, Hey, don't ship that. If you'll let me, I'm going to come and pick it up in person. And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so <clears throat> I drive to the guy's house and you know, he, I shut the truck off and I start walking to the front door. He comes out of the front door holding the tackle box and it, it was a decent tackle box with it to boot full of all these baits. And he's like, I will give you $30 to turn around and leave from here. And I said, no. And I pulled the box out of his hand and went back to my truck. (laughs) I made sure the perch bait was in there. And then I left very happy. Are you serious? I swear to God. I swear to God. I told him no and took it. (laughs) He probably knew that bait was in there. He probably had been collecting, going to like garage sales and stuff. Yeah. For years, collecting all these big musky baits to do this big auction, hoping to get hundreds of dollars. Yeah, he probably had no idea what a perch bait was. No, but that's, that's how I got my perch bait. <laughs> no, it's fine. So that's cool. He would drive forty mile, forty forty minutes for it. That's excellent. Well, I'd, we I use them. What would I pay like fifty bucks shipping? Yeah. Well, that, but they were hard to get. They were. They're hard to get. We use them all. I mean, and we still, I mean, I'm throwing them out in spread all the time mm-hmm. up there at Chautauqua. I mean, I, I remember a day last year, Vance, uh, I, we were down towards Mayville there and we had got a fish. What, what, you, you, you know, the small text that we send. What mm-hmm. was it? Perch bait 60, 60 feet of line, perch bait. Vance mm-hmm. knows what I'm saying. It wasn't like five minutes. It said perch bait sixty. Ha ha ha. ha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let, let's let's get back to the baits real quick. So you went from the perch bait to the plow. When did you start right. making those those little guys that that I hold so dear? Um, the baby perch baits. I- I think I, those were, those came along a, a few years later. I, I guess it was something that, uh, uh, the, the, at the time Lake St. Clair was going pretty good. And I think I was kind of wanted to make a few of them to take out there and, and try also. Um, and yeah, that's, that's basically, basically what happened there with those. Did, did they ever catch on? Over at St. Clair or anywhere else? I had I had a few guys that were using them over there and catching fish on them, but uh, 
they they no they really didn't catch on uh, i think there was there's there's so many lures in that smaller lure market it just uh and really to tell you truthfully i'm kind of glad it didn't take on take off because uh i was you know it, it's it seems like it's almost as much work to make the small one as what it is the the eight inch so it's like yeah it's like painting a closet or painting like the living room there there's right. just as many corners <laughs> yeah. and it, yep. yeah Gotta trim around just as much trim yeah yeah it was it was like i said i i had a sense of relief really that it didn't really take off uh so you've been it, pretty much full-time bait making now for how long Ever since I I was a uh, I was a diesel I was a diesel mechanic up till like I think like ninety three and I've been full time ever since I just figured just it, was time, yeah. it was time to you know to do it and that's what I did and I didn't look back. Uh, there's been a couple of times that you know I think I you know when it was going tough for a while I I even thought of you know just just uh, going back and getting a regular job, but I, I stuck it out and <laughs> stuck it out. I'm kind of glad, you know, I, I, I don't have, I don't have a boss telling me what to do. That was one of the nicest things. It was like, it's like the, the day that I started, you know, working for myself, it was like, there was a, a major weight taken off my back. <laughs> it was, yeah. Know, but it, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been good. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not getting rich or nothing, but uh, it's, uh, I, I like what I'm doing. And uh, I've heard people say, if you like what you're doing, you'll never work a day in your life. Well, is that true? Yeah, I, <laughs> I think for the, mo- for the most part it is. I guess, you know, anything over time is going to, any, you know, gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like I've got like three things, or I think I go through the molding phase, and then I, you know, the the painting phase, the prep and painting phase, and then the finishing, you know, putting glue and lips in it. It's like it's all, it all, you know, by the time it's over, you're ready to move on and start something new, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just enough different things that it keeps you, you know keeps you from you know stuck in now if i was just doing nothing but painting all day i think i would have been done a long time ago yeah mm-hmm. and that eight inch perch i mean by that's obviously that's the number one thing you work on right yeah it's it's yeah. definitely that that in the perch bay jointed yeah jointed yeah yeah, yeah they're the it's definitely number one is there anything, you know, you've been doing this for almost 30 years now. Is there, is there anything new you're working on or are you just busy enough with the stuff that you have? I, I am just busy enough with what I got. I mean, I got stuff that I've been playing around with that I guess they're kind of my toys for now. And if I ever get to the point where I'm starting to slow down, I might try and, you know, might try and get it out there, but it's like, they broke, don't fix it, man. But uh, yeah. about your toys, are they like are they like uh, 36 or 48 inches long? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I I made the one bait there that was 23 inches. That, that's I just I, re- I realized you get much over probably like 14, 15 inches. That's big enough. <laughs> um, no, the other ones, uh, 
I mean, the one one I've been playing around with is like a uh, like a straight uh, outcast, only plow uh, size outcast, and then you know a couple in that size, and then a straight outcast perch bait. But you know, I've caught fish on them, but I it just don't. It's just something that I I don't need to have right now because you start getting too many things. It complicates things, you know. Outcast, that's the name I was looking for earlier. Yeah. Like the shallower running one. Right. Yeah, the right I couldn't remember that name. Yeah, it's been good over the years. I I I, I know I had that at the time. I made that bait specifically to to match up the Wiley lure up at uh the Ottawa where we were fishing. <laughs> where we were fishing. I'll, never, I'll never forget that. I'll never, his bitch. <laughs> I'll never forget the day that I, you know, that I, I pulled, put it on and we was out there and I started catching more than what he did on, on his Wiley bait. And, and <laughs> he just, he just like, uh, I don't know. He looked like a, a, a lost dog or something. <laughs> 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 but it, it definitely, you know, served its purpose. Definitely. I, mean, I know a lot, of, a lot of people, yeah, I've, I've had, you know, I have people love it for casting also, too. I, I never was a caster much. I, I caught a few fish casting before, and it's just, I always felt like I had a better chance of catching something big trolling. My my odds, the odds were more in my favor for that anyway. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Excellent. Well, <clears throat> I, mean, I want to hear a uh, I want to hear a big fish story though, like a just a personal best, a real big fish. Like you got to you got to open up a little bit, Brian. I know you've <laughs> you got to say big fish. any. You go to big fish waters, you fish yeah. for big fish. Like what was you your big biggest? You don't have to say where or anything like that. But what's your biggest on your bait, and what's the biggest someone's ever caught on your bait that you know of? Oh wow, um, <laughs> I think I. One of my biggest fish I ever caught on it was a 49 pound. Um, big. I I I had words. I've heard words of you know you know 50. Some guys you know the been a couple over 50 pounds. I know there's. Well, that no that the the one was Eddie Matusak had one that uh, was from the Georgian Bay entered in the compendium through you know Larry Ramsell's compendium. It was. It was over 50 pounds. It was, but it, I think it was on a, but I, th- I guess he had it on a perch bait, right? I mm-hmm. think it, yeah, it's been there. There's been a couple over 50 pounds I've heard of. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, I, I can't tell you much more than that. You know, it, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm not really. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> okay. Well, I got a final question for you. If you had to pick one color for the rest of your life to fish, what color pattern would that be? Mm, that's kind of like a situational question, uh, depending on the water, the water that you're fishing. Uh, it's got to be one. Um, if not, you don't fish ever again in your life. You have to pick one. <laughs> man. Um. I guess I would probably have to say, you know, it's really the, my, put it this way. I, I'm neck and neck with the walleye and the sucker, but I'd probably have to take the sucker over the walleye. Sucker about that. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, I'm not fishing. I know a lot of these lakes, the, you know, the guys are in a lot of 
bright colors and that. I, the, most of the places I fish, it's definitely natural colors that work for me. And I mean, uh, the walleye the wall has really been sweet, and so is the sucker. But I probably the sucker's been a little bit of my has an edge on my favorite right now. So th- like a lot of earth tones, a lot of uh, browns and stuff like that. You, you're, you're a fan of that browns and golds. Well, the suckers predominantly white and black with gold. Uh, the the walleye, my walleye pattern is the yellow and the brown. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brian's walleye is like the uh, what I would what I usually call brown perch. Yeah, I've heard Same guys problem. call it. Yeah. yeah. And, and and then the sucker the, is the describe the sucker to me. Sucker is basically just uh, if you had an all-white bait and then just uh, brought the black halfway down over the sides and then just shot the uh, gold netting over the sides. That's that's basically it. Okay, okay. When I was thinking Very, sucker, I was thinking brown like a sucker. But Andy, I know you have some of uh, Dale's chartreuse suckers. Yes, like atomic sucker. Is that chartreuse under yeah. the bottom? Yep. It just it's it's white under instead of that. Okay, okay, yeah. interesting. Yep. Very fun. I have, to get, I have to get one of those. I'm I'm, I'm selling you baits right now. Do you, you hear that, Brian? Yeah. <laughs> I just sold you one to Todd. Uh, no commissions. No. <laughs> <laughs> fun. Well, Brian, is there any Todd? Do you have a question? Vance asked one. I asked one. Do you have one? I'm I'm good, Brian. Brian, is there anything? Everything. Yeah. Is there anything you want to talk about before we wrap this one up, Brian? It's almost an hour and 15. Um, yeah, we, I guess we probably talked long enough. I could, as long as you're shooting muskies, I could talk for quite a while. But, um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good with that. Um, that's, it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of a pleasure being on there with Vance and Todd. I know those guys are really into the muskies. It's always nice to talk with guys that have the passion to, you know, to go after the muskies. So, yeah, we we might not have been your first podcast, but I hope we're your favorite and best. So, <laughs> <laughs> I so we slept on it. I knew we should have done it last night. God damn it. I had, for some reason, I had like uh, three different people want me to do podcasts all of a sudden. It's just like all of a sudden, I don't know, my name started popping up in places. And then I got, you know, I had people asking me, but then it, like it was Saturn, I guess. Well, I guess nobody wants to do a podcast. They, they asked me what they don't <laughs> want Maybe I wasn't, maybe I didn't uh, like, you know, jump up and down and say, yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. I'm ready to bring it on. <laughs> yeah. That's who we get. That, and to be quite honest with you, that's why we uh, waited. I <laughs> 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 figured that. Hell yeah, hell yeah. No, that, yeah. that's, that's great. It was great having you on and I'm, I'm glad we, uh, we got it done. I sent you a message. I was like, I, I, to be quite honest with you, I, I was like, oh, man, I was like, he's not going to want to do this. He's well off with his baits and all that BS. I was like, this is going to be tough. But you were like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Haven't like, you been hearing me yelling? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's no, good. I, I had a good time with you guys. So. Well, I appreciate you taking time out of your night. And, um, you know, with that, 
where can people find your baits again? Okay. I, I, like I said, you can see most of them on, uh, I have a legend lures page on Facebook. Uh, you can see them there. I also, uh, like, a, uh, some of the, some of the bigger stores, they, they carry them as, um, Rawling Allen's. I don't know what they would have at this time. I know they got an order in with me. Um, but they, they've probably carried me more over the years, uh, for the, ever since I got into selling them, they, they've been there forever. Uh, also team Rhino outdoors, um, uh, Mark slide bait and tackle. He usually tries to keep a pretty good selection. J JB fishing depot. I don't know what he's sitting on at this time, but, uh, he's got some coming and then, uh, Joe Flo's musky tackle. Uh, he's he's usually got some there, so that's that's basically where you can find them. At. And it's uh, I guess the the door's always open. If you can't find something out there that you're looking for, that's you know, it's hard to find. Uh, I mean, it might take me a few months or so to do it, but uh, usually I'll try to work with uh, work with you to 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 make it for you. Excellent. Very nice. So with that, I'm going to wrap this up with big thanks to Fat Easy Musky Products, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, Ranger Boats, Vicks Marine, and St. Croix Rods. So um, been some nice weather. Hope everyone's uh, getting outside, shaking off a little cabin fever. Uh, Stay safe if you're on the ice. Good luck fishing.